Chris Curran here today, the founder and CEO, president of Waterstone Faucets. I've learned over this last week that being here in uh, in this Southern California area um, where you guys are operating out of that you had a pretty illustrious career leading up to starting Waterstone. You served in the military. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you so much for your service, but also got into a little bit of entrepreneurship, but also worked with um, venture capital to expand other businesses before starting Waterstone and going off in your own, um, on your own path. Like when, was there a moment that you knew it was time and, you know, more so than the factors leading up to that, like, do you remember that feeling? And can you express that feeling to us? And sure. we, when you knew it was, it was your time. Well, I, you know, when you're young and you're trying to figure out how to make your mark and and where you're gonna where you're gonna go, you know, there's an old adage about being able to look back and say, "I wish I knew then what I know now," but it's kind of true. But back then, I was moving pretty fast and doing a lot of work for venture capitalists. I kind of started in entrepreneurialism, sold my company, and then got into crews that were doing venture capital. And I learned a lot about that when I was doing that. And I learned that I, I was being used as kind of a a tool, a high-end tool, not mm-hmm. a bad way, a good way. They were using me to fix companies. So there are a lot of venture capitalists out, uh, capitalists out there and people that have a lot of money available that are looking for great management and great leadership. So if you can present and be a great manager, a great leader, uh, there are a ton of people that just don't have that skill set that are looking to place their money into somebody that can take care of their money. They're less likely to invest in a company that looks like a great opportunity. They're more likely to invest in a company that's got a great opportunity, but has a great management team behind it. So as I began to understand that equation a little better, I thought, why am I doing this for them? Yeah. That, and in that moment, um, I flipped back to my entrepreneurial roots and went, I should be doing this for myself. I was making a lot of money. Yeah. And I was I was a happy guy. So it wasn't about the money. No, yes. it was nothing about the money. Yes. It was about um, where am I going to go with my life? And I'm always working for a board of directors at that position, you know, and I'm always having to placate what they need and what they want. I'm not the least bit saying that that's not a great opportunity. That is a really wonderful opportunity. But not for you. It wasn't me. And I thought, I got to get back to my entrepreneurial roots. And that's when it that was the feeling. From, yeah, that's what happened. I had a pretty similar situation too, where like I couldn't get over the feeling that, you know, I had a great job, but I was like, if I made half, would I still be okay? Like, would <laughs> I like would I still want to do this? Yeah. And at the time, the answer was no. And I think realizing that you have to be like self aware enough of what's actually going to feed your soul is what's actually going to lead to success, right? And yep. is that would you agree with that? I would totally agree with that. There's one other element that I would add to that is that um, you have to be naive enough in a good way yeah. to not know enough about what you should know mm. so that you can just push through it. Yes. Right? Absolutely. So, and you have to you have to understand that there are going to be some really tough days. There are going to be some very down moments. And you have to be enthusiastic about what happens after that. You have to drive through that. And you never give up. You never, never, never give up. There's always some way to get through that next element that's going to be a challenge for you. And you drive and you push and you do whatever you have to do. I don't mean in an illegal or an no, no, no. immoral way. But you push your business, you push your limits, and you, you ask for help. You have to ask for help. You have to have somebody come in 
and say, hey, I've done that before. Have you tried this? And you have to be open to that. That's awesome. Arrows is a digital media company. Um, but in a lot of ways, we treat ourselves like a creative agency mm -hmm. also. Like, you know, the marketing stuff is fun, but we love the creation aspect. And that's why I started this business. Um, I loved design work. I love the videography side. So, you know, creating a team where there's other creatives in mind, um, um, I'm able to, you know, share my knowledge, but also give them space to grow. Mm -hmm. But what I do know about also being a business owner is that sometimes the creative and the business side kind of clash. <laughs> and I've learned that you actually draw all the designs yourself. I do. Yeah. Right. So I've heard of the story a, about I'm a frustrated creator. You are like, so I, what I didn't realize that when I came into this office, I'm like, look at this big old, this like beautiful factory, <laughs> like a guy drawing on a napkin built this. <laughs> and that made me so laugh. Cause like people think of businessmen as this, you know, like hyper logical, like, um, cold, you know, kind of um, people, but it sounds to me that you there's this like starving artist like energy in you too a little I, bit. I've always been, you know, uh, I've heard an interesting an interesting statistic the other day. I heard that forty percent of the world's billionaires, of which I'm not one, uh, are engineers. And I thought that's interesting, mm. engineers. And these are not your. That's not your. That's not your atypical uh, businessman as yeah. you're defining it. That's yes. not that guy. And, and I thought, I, I, that's me. I'm an engineer. I'm one of those guys that I, I love to create things. I love to draw. I love art. I love all of that. Um, and, but I, I, I wanted to channel that into something that would be uh, rewarding, that I could grow. Yeah. Uh, it could have been anything. I always think about it would have been better for me to be a boat builder because I love ships, I love boats, okay. I would have liked to have built, I know, I know, it sounds weird, yeah, yeah. but there's, there's really, there's not that much of a difference between building faucets and building boats, they're completely different targets, yeah. but the concept of how you do it, and the people that you have to attract, and the leadership elements, and what you get out of that as an individual, mm -hmm. they're all very similar. That's awesome. Yeah, you just have to kind of play your passion. I wasn't in tune to it well enough to understand that that was an option for me. I didn't think about it when I was younger. So, yeah. well, so like as, but obviously the other side of building a, an operation like this is that business guy side, yeah. right? Like, so how do you find yourself managing those two personas, you know, like staying with the creative side, but then, you know, in the traditional sense, because mm -hmm. obviously there's a lot of creative creativity in the problem solving in business, right? Yeah. But how do you find yourself managing those two, like those two personas in your side? It's a managerial transition. Um, when you begin, I was running machines. I was cleaning the toilets. I was, mm. I mean, I did everything in the very beginning and that's how you have to begin. And you're drawing at the same time. You're, and you're very creative and you're trying to figure out how to create these pieces and these products. I'm a little different now. Um, we've transitioned. So what I want to do is hold on to the ideology. I want to be able to Not still sure. continue to sketch, to draw. But instead of now being overly concerned about all the intrin in intrinsic issues that you have to use to, to get yourself to a product, um, I have a team of people. And I have, to, I have to allow them the liberty and the freedom to do what they do best because they do it better than I do. Let their DNA get into it. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and for someone who, like me, I'm, a, I'm an A-type personality. I want to control everything. <laughs> oh, got you. I have to uh, almost tranquilize that <laughs> in my body to say, Yeah, yeah, All I right, feel that. You're I not going to do that anymore. I feel that. Right? Feel that. Because yeah. you want to step in and go, wait, 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 wait. Oh, wait. no, that's right. not how I do. Right. But, but you have to kind of like 
be actively thinking, all right, if I do do that, I might get my way now, but yeah. I'm not building the muscle in them to make that decision in the future. Exactly, Josh. That's, that's how I look at it too. And that's probably one of the hardest, I think that's what limits a lot of entrepreneurs is they come up with a great idea and a great concept. And there's never a want for a lot of great things. There's yeah. a lot of great product out there. And then they, they drive themselves to create a business and then they don't have the discipline to be able to let, let, let go, go of some of that. Yeah. And then you have to figure out, okay, my role just changed. So my role now is more about great people. My role is hiring wonderful people. My role is to say, I'm, I always describe to new people when they're coming on board, particularly senior engineers and senior managers, um, look, my job is to kind of stay out of your way and to bulldoze a problem because I'm, I'm the fixer. Mm. That's my role now. So if you run into an issue where everybody's going, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know how to fix this. How do I do this? That's the one that you bring to me and we sit down and we talk about. You play like free safety. Exactly. Exactly. And yeah. it's not a role that I'm, I'm used to. I have to, I have to back up and I have to, I have to look for those events because now my role is a support role. Now, isn't that so weird? It's weird. Um, I was talking to my mom about that early, um, earlier this week where she said it's it's interesting that the farther up the food chain you actually go you actually have to be more and more of a servant yeah you know like it's when people think it's like you're the one dictating but really it's like you have to be in a position to let them bloom it's it's all servant based leadership yeah uh, i love that book love all all yeah. about that that aligns directly with faith for me mm. it's the same thing in faith so that alignment is very easy for me because my life is about faith. And if I can align myself to be a servant leader, which I've been able to do, then and I can let go a little bit, and then I'm watching the fruits of that. That's happening right now. The business is growing at an accelerated level because I'm letting go, and I'm giving people the opportunity to do what they're, they're really great at doing. That's so sick. Um, it's so funny. Like, uh, listeners, I... I Chris has not seen my my program notes, but you is a great transition to my next question. Um, mm-hmm. So that we was, like me and the team, Trey and Marina here, they've spent we've spent the week here in Murrieta uh, with the Waterstone team, and it's been incredible. Um, you know, obviously the products are cool, but I think what's made it incredible this, this past week is getting to meet the team and seeing their energy and seeing their passion for the work. And it's not just because the marketing guys are here. You know, <laughs> it's like. You can actually tell, like, they mean it. So talk to me about culture. You've kind of touched on it a little bit, but how important was it to you in the onset of building the business? You know, like, was that a big part of your your mindset going in, or was it something that you grew into? I grew into it. Mm. Um, uh, in the beginning, it was more, again, it's a younger mindset when you start, mm-hmm. and it's all about control and how you're driving the business on through. And then you begin to recognize that there's, there's only a small level of business that you can attain where you can control it all. And then you have to build culture. You have to think about, what am I really trying to do here? Mm. Is, am I just What's trying to make money? If I'm just trying to make money, uh, this is how you lose. Because then when you're just trying to make money, you play not to lose. When, when, you're trying, when you're trying to do something bigger than that, to create a culture, to create a company organization that lives beyond you, if you're trying to create that, then you're not playing to lose, you're playing to win. It's I've different. never heard it that way. It's almost like you're going, when you're, if you're just thinking about money, your brain actually goes into defense because you're thinking about like, how do I not lose money? Absolutely. 
you know, whereas if it's something bigger, you're actually more on offense. <laughs> you should it's talk. so weird. Josh, you should talk to my wife. For, for the first 15, 20 years, first three years of this business, I didn't pay myself. Which, by the way. Been there. I, I would tell everybody <laughs> that's, that, that is a rite of passage, but you shouldn't do that very long. You should mm -hmm. always pay yourself. Always value yourself. Absolutely. So that was a mistake I made in the very beginning, but it was one that I had no choice about. At least it seemed that way to me. Sure. So, um, but I think as you get a little bit older and you begin to recognize that it's not about money, it's not about that at all, uh, your whole perspective on the business changes. You begin to understand that it's about um, developing people here. I'm, I'm trying now, our focus is I'm, I'm putting programs together for our people here the experience that I want them to have at Waterstone is I want them, because everybody exchanges and moves on sure. eventually, I want them when they leave to say, that was an incredible experience. I got something that I've never been able to get before. That was, that was really awesome. I, had, I, you know, I moved because my husband moved or my wife moved and we had to move out of the state whenever I couldn't work there anymore. But, oh my gosh, I would love to work there again. So th that's really what I'm, I'm playing for. It's not so much... How much money are we making? What market penetration? But it's like the impact you're making on in that individual's life. That's it. That's that's you. That's that's, so that's all. That's why we. That's why we we shut the place down and we celebrate wins as a team. We don't we don't do that as individuals. That's why I'm transparent about our numbers and what we're doing and our targets. We tell everybody. Everybody on the floor knows what their targets are. They know they know exactly where Waterstone needs to be financially. Mm -hmm. They understand it all because. Without them, uh, it's not a company. It's just uh, it's just a bunch of machines. Damn, that's a bar. That's a bar. <laughs> I love that. Before you bring them on to develop them mm -hmm. and like help them bloom, you have to also know that they might be somebody worth developing or like bringing onto the team. Right? We've met a lot of all stars here. Um, some of them are very new, mm -hmm. uh, including our our good friend Chris, mm -hmm. who uh, brought us onto into the fold here. Is there a through line through the all-stars that you bring on, through the people that you bring into Waterstone and join the family? Is there like a defining trait that you see in everybody that yeah. you're looking for? Yeah, it depends on what the particular job is currently requiring. Sure. But the undertone that you're looking for is essentially an understanding of leadership. It's, it's I'll take somebody that isn't technically super strong but understands leadership, understands how to lead people. Which is different than management, Completely right? different. 100%. Management is a skill I can teach. But leadership. That's different. That's innate, I think. A lot of that has to come from who you are, the parents you had, the upbringing you had, even the school that you went to. A lot of that is developed over time, mm -hmm. and you're either a leader or you're struggling to become one. And I have to recognize who are the natural leaders, who are the ones that really care, who really cares about people. And, and if you can invest in your team, they'll sense that about you and they'll follow you. I learned that in the Marine Corps a long time ago. The Marine Corps and military service is not about motivating about money because I can't say, hey, Josh, yeah. if, you, if you hit the target over there, I'm going to give you another 100 bucks. That's not even available. So you have to figure out how to motivate with no money. Now, if you can do that successfully in the military, which is why I think so many businesses are run by military managers, if you can do that successfully, then you understand how to motivate somebody without money. That's a valuable tool. That's something you need to learn how to employ. You have to figure out, how do I get them motivated with uh, 
the relationship that I have with them? How do I make them want to do what they want to do because they want to do it right for me? But bigger than that, they want to do it right for their people too. How do I do that? That's the challenge. And you got to find people that understand that equation and want to work to that equation. That's how we hire now for senior management. We go through a complete process that does a complete analysis of their personality to just see, are they naturally inclined Mm -hmm. that way? We use a lot of different techniques to figure that out, and then we interview in that direction. In addition to the fact that I'm going to presume that if you're coming on, you're you're going to be competent. I'm presuming you are. (laughs) Then we're going to find out really about you. Even down to the point where during the interview process, I have you do a 20-minute presentation, and I'm not necessarily looking at all of what you're presenting. I'm looking at how do you connect to the people in the room that you're connecting Mm to. And then... We, we take you out to dinner and we see how do you connect to the waiters and the waitresses and are you nice? Or, you know, when, when I walk away from the table and I'm watching you, what are you doing? You know, I'm, I'm looking to see how do you treat people? Yes. Do you treat people well? Because if you don't treat people well, you don't have a place here. You're not the right guy. You're not the right gal. Yeah, because, I mean, people always think it's like business is just so, you know, like I said earlier, like so cut and dry, but it is still about how you're in inter- interfacing with the other person because it's all teamwork if, if that's if we want to scale this out as big as we want to right mm-hmm. it's all still people well to start wrapping up this pod this has been so good so far selfishly i wanted to do this pod to like learn a little bit so <laughs> i as a business owner myself i'm trying to always like put more t- tools in my tool belt so Absolutely. i appreciated the time what makes you feel inspired to be your best self everything changed for me when i had children mm. i know that's a bit of a hold back not everybody can have kids children change the game change it for me. It became less of a single game and and I was married, but you know, the two of us were both working and trying to improve ourselves and trying to figure out where our part, what part of life that we're going to really work hard in. Uh, But when children came, my focus changed and my focus changed towards my kids. And I think that changed the seriousness of what I was doing. It began to focus me on, okay. Raise the stakes. Yeah. Completely, completely, right? What am I doing? How I, now I'm responsible for four little humans. How, how are they going to look at me in 30 years? Are they going to look at me as a good dad? Are they going to look at me as a good human? Am I, am I a good leader? Am I a good faith-based father? What am I? What am I? And you begin to think about that, and it changes your outlook as to uh, what motivates you and what you want out of life. And I think I focus on my children, and I focus on my friends. I mean, that's really the focus. And that's the military focus too, by the way. Everybody talks about uh, doing things for patriotism, but I think if you were to talk to real Marines, mm-hmm. the ones that I was with and involved with, you'd do it for the guy that you, that's next to you. You do it for your friend. I mean, you're there, you're there to support them. So for me, family. That's awesome. That's super awesome. Obviously, Waterstone is crushing it. We're doing right well. Now. Yeah, doing, we're doing okay. Doing all right. God's you know? blessed us. Yep. <laughs> Especially in like hustle culture and entrepreneur, like modern entrepreneurial culture right now, it's always about like showing off successes. Mm. You know, it's like, but as you know, it's the the, the trajectory going up. It looks more like a roller coaster. It does right? indeed. Do you have a favorite failure? Oh, well, I've had quite a few. When I make failures, I do big ones. Okay. Um, Go um, big or go home. I I take the Elon Musk approach to failures. I have to (laughs) salute Elon. He's he's, he's honest about it. Sure. Uh, I make big mistakes. I've made some really big mistakes. I've made a couple of design mistakes. I I went one direction with a set of designs, and we got out in the marketplace, and it was a square faucet. 
and it really wasn't, I didn't like the design. I didn't like doing it. I didn't like the concept, but mm. my entire sales team was like, we got to have one. So we executed one. We spent a lot of money doing that. We got it out there and it just died on the vine. It was not a, it just wasn't a well-accepted design. And after about a year, I went, okay, pull it. We're out. I'm done. And that's an expensive pull. Oh my gosh. Because the techniques to manufacture, we bought all sorts of things. I took my eye off the ball for where I wanted to go to execute this set of designs. We had a full suite and uh, it just didn't hit the mark. What was, what was the biggest lesson from it that the biggest lesson for me was to follow your heart and not do the practical thing that the, uh, that the marketing and sales team are telling <laughs> you to do. So I think you got to trust your intuition. Uh, yeah. It's, it's that creative, that little nucleus that you, you'd understand being a yeah. creative guy that you're saying that doesn't feel good. That doesn't feel good. That doesn't feel good. That trust doesn't really feel good. You know, but my marketing people, my salespeople are telling me I got to do that, but that doesn't feel good. Trust the gut, trust what's in your heart, trust that part and say, okay, I'm not doing this. Mm. I'm going to go a different direction. I and love that. So you, you, have to, you have to learn how to trust yourself sometimes. And that one I didn't trust myself on, and I paid for it. So I freaking love that. Yeah. Waterstone's got a big, huge, uh, big next chapter coming up. A very exciting <laughs> Which you guys are a chapter. big part of too, brother. I'm, I'm really stoked for it. I'm yeah. really stoked for it. Um, what do you, what's kind of your message to the designers, the everybody that's going to be part of that next chapter? What do you want them to know if they get to hear this? Well, I think we're still in the get to know you phase. Mm. Um, the really fun part for me is that we're touring a lot of designers. We tour, we're touring on Wednesdays and Thursdays. We, we try to open up the house here to show people how a faucet's manufactured and what the difference is between us and other faucet manufacturers out there. And it's always interesting to me that we've got, we've been out there for 24 years and yet we bring in hundreds and hundreds of designers and the great majority of them don't even know who we are. They're learning who we are for the first time when they're walking through the facility. And the reaction is always overwhelming. They're like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. I had no idea that you were here. I had no idea who you were. And I think we've done a good job of kind of getting out there. And then I think, "Ah, we're we're scratching the surface. There's a ton to get out there. So I'm always thrilled with the designers that are here learning about us for the first time that understand what we're trying to do because we're all about them. We're, we're all about the design community. We're all about trying to get them the best product and fun things to work with. And we, we love the designers and the architects. They're, that's, that's who we're playing to. Gotcha. That's awesome. I love this last question. Um, mm. If you, I, I don't know where I stole it from. I definitely stole it from somewhere else, but Imagine Chris, not necessarily Waterstone, but mm-hmm. Chris Curran has access to the biggest billboard in the world. Like millions of people see it every day. Millions uh-huh. and millions and millions of people see it every day. You have a chance to put any message up there. What would you want Ooh. that message to be? Oh, that's a tough question. What would I give to everybody out there? I don't know. I think I'd probably go simple. I'd, I'd have to say believe it uh, because a lot of people don't believe in themselves. They've been told from day one, this is the job you're going to be in. This is the life you're going to have. You can't do any more. Uh, I'd say believe it, believe in yourself, and go after it. You get one life. You get one round. And don't hold back. Everybody's so fearful about what happens if I fail. Don't fear the failure. Get out there. Stumble. Pick yourself up. Do it over again. 
Don't give up on yourself. Just believe it. I want to run through the wall right now. <laughs> Thank you so much. That You're was welcome. such a great message. It was um, just fun, Josh. Thanks. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Um, and everybody listening, uh, thanks for the time. Hope you guys enjoyed it. And uh, see you guys on the next episode. Cool. <laughs>